everyone. Welcome to the Make Life Matter podcast. I'm your host, Angela Donatio, Bible study author, adventure junkie, and founder of Voice of the Voiceless, empowering women in Africa. Join me here every week for inspiring conversations on discovering miracles in life's messy moments. Here's this week's episode. Welcome back. This is your go-to podcast for anyone looking for fresh ways to apply God's word to your everyday life. Today, I am with the extraordinary Manushka Charles. I'm going to introduce her in just a moment. But if you missed last week's episode, I had the chance to sit down and have a conversation with one of my hometown heroes. The whole month has been a hometown hero series. And Teresa Mills is a dynamic on-air radio personality. She's a speaker. And she shared her journey of faith and perseverance through tremendous tragedy. You'll want to go back and listen to that episode. The next week, I sit down with Kathleen Cook. She's a media executive, a producer, an actress, a writer, a global speaker, and she oversees the casting and the creative director for all major projects on Cook Media Group. And our conversation was so interesting. You'll really love that episode. But today I want to get to Manushka. You're going to love her. Manushka Charles is a speaker, a worship leader, and a pastor who is passionate to share the word of God with people of all ages and backgrounds. She's always bringing joy and hope to those around her. We need more people like Manushka in our life. She's originally from Brooklyn, New York, and now she's a part of the pastoral staff at Vu Church in Miami, Florida. Being a part of this community has made her faith and leadership grow, as well as push her to who God has called her to be. In 2018, Manushka was involved in a terrible accident that put her life at risk, and we're going to talk about that in a few moments. Faith and those around her helped her to get through this difficult season of her life. Through her testimony, she has been an encouragement and a great impact to the lives of people literally around the world. Manushka, I am so honored to have you on the Make Life Matter podcast today. I am so honored to be here. Thank you so, so much for having me. So excited that we get to sit down and chat today. Me too. And I just have to say that we were connected through my son, who is there at VU, speaks so incredibly highly of you, Manushka. And he was actually a guest on the podcast a few weeks ago. And I thought, wow, they are doing some great things down there because what I heard coming out of his mouth was so inspiring. So thank you for what you're doing just to deposit into so many lives. It's seriously my honor. And your son is the best. <laughs> so thankful we get to have him in Miami. He's creative. He's thoughtful. He is seriously a next generation leader. So I'm excited for all that God has in store for him. Thank you so, so much. So for people who don't know about you, maybe this is their first time hearing about you. Tell us some things about you and maybe some fun things or, or just all the things about the ministry and, and the things that you're going to do there. Yeah, I get to be a part of Boo Church, as you said. It's a local church here in Miami, Florida, and we planted our church five years ago. And I actually moved to Miami about six years ago from Brooklyn, New York, to be a part of an internship similar to what Christian's doing right now, and really was part of an internship before Boo Church even started. And after that one year, Pastor Rich in DC decided to launch a church, and I had felt like I had learned 
so much from them that I just wanted to stay and be a part and serve and do whatever I could to be under their leadership. And so I started serving, decided to live in Miami full time, got a job and, and was really just connected to what was happening at Boo Church. And probably about a year into it, got on full time on staff. And it's just been a beautiful journey of all the people that we've been able to connect to. I think all the things that I've been able to learn. Um, I never expected to be in full-time ministry. It was never really my plan or what I wanted mm. to do. Um, but after seeing all that God was doing here in Miami, I just really felt like I wanted to be a part of it. And so I grew up in church in Brooklyn and church has really been really a, a big driving point in my life. And um, it's beautiful to see that growing up in church, although I didn't get everything and it took me a while to actually give my life to Jesus. I think sometimes like we're in church and we got to figure it out on its own, on our own. And that's kind of my story where I was going to church, but then I had to make a decision for myself that I really wanted to be a part of what God was doing. And mm. really I just started putting in my heart to help people and serve people. And that's kind of what has led me to, be a part of what I'm a part of today. Mm. So did you, so tell me, we got to back up for a second there because you said something and I used to say, I will never be a pastor's wife. So be careful what you say you'll never do because I'm a pastor's <laughs> wife. So what, what was the trajectory of your life before kind of VU entered the picture? What did you see yourself doing compared to how your life has turned out right now? Yeah, I went to school and I studied hospitality. And so my focus was food and beverage. And really for me, I thought that I would own a restaurant and I would be in the hospitality industry. And so my plan was, I loved God and I loved uh, church, but I didn't think it was something that I would do uh, full time. And so like, mm -hmm. I really was like, all right, I, I got this four year degree for hospitality. I want to figure out how to use it. And so my plan was to figure out how to get into the industry and how to really be successful in hospitality. And walk me through kind of a sample week for you at VU. What does it look like? I know I've seen your beautiful face on their Sunday services. Pastor Rich gave you a shout out a few weeks ago when he talked about giving the whole word a or the entire word, the whole word. So there's something there. So tell us a little bit kind of what your life is like for a week. Yeah. So uh, the way that I guess, depending on how you look at the start of the week, but I'll just kind of start on Mondays and really Mondays is what we call meeting Mondays. And that is the day where we have all of our meetings. So we're coming out of a Sunday. We're coming out of really the busiest day of the week for us. And really meeting Mondays is the time that we're having meetings. We're talking as directors. We're kind of debriefing on what went well. How could we make the week better? And so that's the focus of Mondays. We have staff meetings on Monday. So we gather with our entire staff. We're encouraged. I really charge for the rest of the week. So Mondays for me are the days where... I'll have meetings and I'll kind of set up the way that the rest of my week looks like. And then Tuesday is what we call Tackle Tuesday. And mm -hmm. so on Tuesdays will be all the different to-dos and all the different things that we laid out in projects that might have come out of a Monday meeting. That's where we start tackling those um, projects where we make sure that we're ready for the weekend. And Wednesdays is wrap up Wednesdays. And so that's mm -hmm. the day that we've got to wrap everything up, that everything that we've been working on, our projects all have to be set. So if there's a special item for Sunday, if, or if one of us is speaking on a Sunday, we're making sure that our notes are in on Sunday that by Wednesday and so that we can prepare our creative team to um, do whatever they need to do for the weekend. And Thursday is think a lot Thursday. And Thursday is the day that we are thinking ahead. What's coming up next? I'm looking at my calendar. I'm looking at what events we have coming up next. 
who do I need to meet with next week? What are some important things that I need to do for the week? And then Fridays are the days off. It's, it's our free Friday. <laughs> so Friday for me, I'll usually try to get on to the beach and just hang out and really just chill and, you know, take some time to really Sabbath on Friday and, and kind of just put some things away and read and really just recharge and reconnect. And, and Saturdays is really that, that prep day. So it's a semi slow day is what we call it because there's not much on a Saturday, but then like towards the end of my day on a Saturday, I'm preparing for Sunday. So um, if I have to speak, I'm preparing for any MC moments or anything that I need to do on a Sunday. I'm making sure that happens. And then Sunday, that is our big day. That is the day that we're coming in at Let's go. Let's go time. We're, we're, we're up early on yeah. Sunday. We are setting up. We're a mobile church. And so we have to set everything up. We have to tear everything down. So we get in there bright and early. We make sure that we're setting the tone, setting the atmosphere, that the energy is right. We're going into rehearsals and run-throughs and just prepping all the details that comes into a Sunday. We're solving problems. We're uh, connecting with team. We're making sure everyone's resourcing. Sundays where we're really um, making sure that people are coming in and feeling like they have a warm atmosphere on Sundays. Usually I write content and uh, prepare for our week for our small groups. And so really the, the week kind of is, it, it's full, but we, we do have time and, and we've kind of mapped out to make sure that, you know, our weeks as a staff is, is set. So we know what we're looking forward to, what we need to do. And so, hmm. yeah, it's been a different rhythm working from home, but we're, we're kind of trying to keep the same energy, even though we can't meet together physically as a staff. Absolutely. And it seems too like some of what you shared, you still use your hospitality degree. Don't you find that a little bit? I, I do find that. I was talking to our team the other day and really was talking through Acts 2 and, and talking about the New Testament church and some of the points that, that uh, I had drawn out from the New Testament church was that they were, they practiced hospitality. They were generous. They opened their doors hmm. to so many people. And so for me, I realized that hospitality is all about serving people and anticipating their needs. And so I still get to do that, but I get to do that on people's personal lives. I get to hmm. serve people. I get to make sure that I'm anticipate, anticipating what they might need in life and helping them find purpose. And so God has kind of used hospitality um, anyway, and I've kind of seen that in my life where the things that I've learned were not wasted. And so I, I still get to use some of that. I love that. And it's a spiritual gift. So God is really using you in so many ways, right? Yeah. I think we think about these big spiritual gifts. We forget administration and hospitality. And there's so many things that are essential for the body of Christ to really operate yeah. in health and wholeness. And we shouldn't be, you know, over overthinking about one and undervaluing another. So I, I love everything that you're bringing to the table. And, and so tell us a little bit about how you got to VU and one of maybe your favorite things about being a part of that culture and that community. Yeah, uh, I heard Pastor Rich preach at a church in Brooklyn called Brooklyn Tabernacle. And I was there, uh, my friend had invited me to some youth event that they had. And um, our church didn't have church at night. So I bought a bunch of our young people that night. I had never heard Pastor Rich preach. And that day when he spoke, I was like, who is this? Like, mm. I think the message that he shared was so challenging. And I tell him all the time, he talked about, if you're not fishing, are you really following? And he talked about being a fisherman and it really helped me evaluate my life. And I was like, am I actually fishing for people? And really that message challenged me and the way that I looked at my faith. And in that moment, it wasn't like, oh man, I need to move to Miami and be a part of his church. But 
I stayed connected through social media and uh, he had posted something that said, come spend the year in Miami. And it was all about uh, this internship at Trinity Church. That's a church that we got planted from. And so mm. I was like, you know what? It's a year. I've been out of college for about a year and a half. I was working full time. And I was like, I think this is the time that I need to take a leap of faith and just move to a different city. And so I moved to Miami on faith. I had never, I didn't get to, I never visited Trinity Church. I, I didn't wow. know moving to I was just like you know what I'm moving on faith I really just felt like God was drawing me to Miami and so I came and I had no idea what God had in store for me I had no idea who was down the line and so um really got to jump in and be a part of VU from the beginning stages. And I think for me, some of my favorite memories or my favorite thing about VU probably has to be our community. I was reflecting last night about the different friends that I've gotten to make and people who are really family now to me, uh, just a brand new community that has helped me grow, that has mm. been a support to me, that has been there for me. And um, it's just been a, a beautiful part of my story to have a community like VU, such an intentional community that's pulled out greatness in me, that has shown me that I have gifts that I didn't even know about. And that's all because um, I got to be a part of the church. I love that. And one of the things Christian talked about when he was on the podcast is the culture and how we can create a culture and elevate the space that we're in. So are you surprised? And I, I feel like I know your answer, but have you been surprised by what God has done in just five years, right? Is the booze five years old yeah. and it is extraordinary the way God is using this church and community. I think we talked about it uh, maybe a few months ago. Like, how did that become this? Like, when we, <laughs> when we first had our launch team meetings at Pastor Rich's old apartment, I don't think we had a clue. I know we, we knew that we had something special, hmm. but I don't think we had any idea of what God had in store for us when it was just a few of us meeting in an apartment, not even sure what we were doing or planning. We we're just like, all right, let's just figure out how to do church. Um, we knew God's hand was on it, but I don't even think that we had the foresight to see all that God would do in five years. It's been beautiful, but just like the Bible says, no, I have seen, no ears heard. I feel like we had no idea how much God would do in five years, but I think it keeps us really hopeful of what God is going to do in the next five years and really even the mm. next six months in the next year, seeing all that's been changing. And so for us, it's like, it's been beautiful to see, but, but God has definitely has blown our mind with with what he's done through our church. That's such a good insight, Manushka, because when the landscape around us changes, when the culture around us changes, like the message of the gospel, the message of the word is constant. It's unchanging, but the method of how we're going to reach our culture yeah. in the most effective way, especially when, like you said, we see things changing. We're coming out of COVID. Some of us not coming out of it. We're still, yeah. you know, dealing with so many of the aspects. We can't, we can't help but adapt and adjust and it's, it's been an adjustment for a lot of us, but I think that's one of the things that we've seen in VU is your ability to stay right on the cutting edge. You know, everyone wants to know what the special sauce is, right? And they want to bottle it, but there really isn't a special sauce except to say, to stay humble and to stay vigilant about seeking God's heart for the next step and the next step. How would you speak to that? Yeah, I would agree. It's like for us, it has been us valuing what God values, you know? Jesus is our message. We want to make sure that we're mm. preaching Jesus and people are our heart. And I think those two things and those two values for us has been the way that we do everything. Everything stems from our values. Everything that we do stems from what we believe and what we established as our values five, six years ago when we met together. And so it's just being intentional. We always say this, that uh, culture happens by design or by default. And so for mm. us, we want to be 
design the culture that we're a part of. We want to design and be intentional about where we are and what we're doing. We want to seek God so that we can hear him about where we need to go. And I think that it has just been us being faithful to what God has given us, faithful at every step, faithful when we had one location and faithful now that we have two. And so for us, it's like, all right, how can we continue to lean into what God is doing? How can we continue to bring more people on the journey? I think that the desire that we have to help people and to bring people who are far from God closer to God has been while we have seen this growth in it. And it's really just God's favor and his hand has been upon it. You know, there's certain mm-hmm. things where you can't even, all you can say is it's because of God's favor. You know what I mean? It's not because yep. we're the most talented or because we have the most money or the best at what we do, but God has just chosen us in this season to be able to be a light in our city. And so we just want to be able to steward that. In fact, I was there last weekend with my son, we were getting the things out of his apartment. And it was my first time to see the building that VU headquarters is in. And it said into the night. Yeah. Uh, that's the only, so plain white building and those lettering, because like you said, you're renting a school, you don't have your own building. You know, you're, you're doing these setups every Sunday. You said he's up at, you know, there at 520 AM. I mean, yeah. you guys are working hard to get yeah. the gospel. And I said to Christian, what does that phrase mean into the night? And I won't tell you what he said. You tell me why, why that is the only thing on that building. Yeah. I think for us, one of the things that we had established even before Voo Church was Voo Church, even before our launch day, we always said, hey, into the night we go. Like we're going to go into the night that we're going to bring light into darkness, that we're not going to shy away from the darkness, that we're not going to say, well, that space is way too dark for us. Like we don't want to be a part of it, but we want to go into the night. We want to say, hey, this is our city. This is our world. This is our nation. We want to go into the dark spaces and we want to bring light into it. And so for us, we're bringing light into darkness. And even where HQ is located, it's such an obscure, you know, (laughs) neighborhood. And you're like, what is what do you, you know, why is it here? But it's there because we're committed to not just the easy thing or the comfortable thing, but we're, we're into being uncomfortable and going into the night and helping people come out of darkness. Mm, That's powerful. What you just said, Mm, say that again. I'll write that (laughs) down. That was so powerful. If you just heard that rewind and listen to it. And you said a very powerful statement. When we value what Jesus values, then whatever follows that, then we know we're in the will of God. So that's so powerful. And, and I love hearing the way you're choosing to make your life matter for the kingdom. Vu is doing amazing things for God. And, and there's just such a time for this that you are appointed to be there, Manushka. And we're just so blessed to see how God is using us, using you. And, but I want you to share with us a little bit of your personal story now, if you don't mind. And take us a little bit through this accident. I don't even know the details of it. I'd love to know not only what happened, but how you feel like God worked through that in your life and how he's used that. Yeah. So February 2nd, 2018, um, I was heading into Mexico with a really good friend of mine, Mariana. She's on our staff and we were going to a wedding. We were literally supposed to be in Mexico for 24 hours. It was a quick trip. We had to be back for Sunday. And so we left on a Friday and our plan was to get back Saturday afternoon. And so we got off the plane and we got into the car that was waiting for us and probably about 10 minutes away from our destination we were in Cancun and we're on our way to Tulum it's about a two-hour drive from the airport and probably about 10 minutes away from our destination is what people tell me I don't I don't know Um, we got into this car accident and I think at the time I had been sleeping um, and all I felt was an impact 
And it was one of those things where I wasn't sure if it was real or if it was a dream. I think I was like, was in and out of consciousness. And there's a moment where I woke up and I realized, okay, I think this is real. And somebody opened up the car door and pulled me out. And I remember trying to process it all. And like, it clicked to me. I was like, where's Mariana? And I start yelling out for Mariana. Um, and I was in more pain than I'd ever felt in my entire life. And I didn't even know what was going on, but I remember praying a short prayer. I was just like, God, I don't want to die. And I didn't know how close to death I was even when I prayed that prayer. And so um, it had felt like forever till the ambulance came. I was in a different country, spoke a different language and was just literally screaming out for help, for someone to help me. And so um, we got into the ambulance and thankfully Mariana was able to get on my phone and call some other friends who were there to tell them, hey, we got into accident, please meet us at this hospital. And so I was not even um, conscious enough to be able to function or to be able to do anything. But um, I remember us getting to the hospital, I couldn't really see anything because my vision was very blurred. And I was just in a lot of pain, but I remember hearing voices and, and knowing that there were some friends of mine that were close by. And I think the last thing I kind of remember was someone saying, hey, like you ruptured your spleen, we're gonna have to go in and you're gonna have to have surgery and we have to remove it. And um, I, I just remember them cutting the clothes off of me and I kind of just like, that was the, my last memory. And what I didn't know was when they went into that surgery, they had found that there was so many other things that were wrong and just, was bleeding internally and my, my lungs were bruised and um, my kidneys, just all my internal organs were, were damaged. And I ended up being in a medically induced coma for the next 10 days. And so uh, I didn't even know all that was happening to me. Um, and I remember waking up 10 days later, just very confused and really agitated and trying to figure out what was going on. And and people were just explaining to me um, what had happened and all that I had to go through surgery-wise and all the different things that they had to do. And I know during that 10-day 10, 10 period, there were just people who were praying and just praying that God would heal me and help me. And I know they were waiting for me to wake up and there were just complications as they were waiting to figure out what was going on and making sure that my body was responding correctly. And so I kind of woke up and was trying to figure out and peace what was happening and what was going on with life and um, was in the hospital there in Mexico. And uh, thankfully my family and my friends had flown in and they were with me at the time and just was helping me walk through this new journey of me not knowing what life was gonna look like. And so that kind of started off the journey of my recovery. And then I get back to Miami and through some checkups and different things, they had found out that uh, I actually had a back injury. My back was broken. And so it was probably a month into the accident and my back was broken and it was healing incorrectly. And the doctors were like, they don't even know how it was walking. They just were so confused at, at all of this, but it was, you know, the doctors in Mexico had missed it just because they were trying to do everything to save my life. And they didn't take the precautions that we probably would have taken here in America. And so ended up having to have back surgery here in Miami and it kind of restarted me on the recovery process and so it was a season of just trying to figure out how I was going to navigate through life trying to keep my joy and trying to uh you know just figure out what life was going to look like and I think through that season that's like the short version of it but through that season it was really just me learning the faithfulness of God and learning that God was a healer and I, I was surrounded around so many people who were a great support to me and so many people who were praying with me and helping me I couldn't do anything for myself my mom had literally 
stopped working and moved to Miami to be with me for about four or five months so that she can help me through. And I'll, I'll just think about all the sacrifice that people made to help me throughout that season. But I look at God taking that season that seemed like, and that for sure was the hardest season of my life, but him using it and allowing me to encourage people. I get to hear so many different stories about how my story encouraged people. I've been able to share that with different people. I've been able to encourage people who have gone through different things. And I've just seen God use that. And I've seen him develop me as a person through that season. And so um, I think that even though it happened, God has used it. Um, and he's allowed me to share. He's allowed me to connect with so many different people through it so that I could help people through a difficult season so that I can say, hey, I've got perspective on what it looks like to really go through something, but coming out on the other side of it, knowing God's faithfulness. And so I feel like the story is even still unfolding of all that God is doing with that and through that testimony and being able to share that with people. Mm, thank you so much. You know, you and I don't know each other very well, but I'm a survivor of two near-death experiences. And then just recently I was in a terrible car accident. So not anywhere near as severe of what you just described, but those seasons are tough. I'm still yeah. healing from surgery and, you know, we can either kind of question God and wonder why he would allow these things. Or like you said, we can lean into the goodness and the faithfulness yeah. of God. And that's our choice. You know, we can't always control what happens to us, but we can control our attitude, our response. And Beth Moore calls it plunder from the pit. When you go through something, what are you going to get out of that that you would have not otherwise had? Mm. So I'm curious to, to ask you that. If, as you look now, and like you said, you're, that's, that's pretty fresh, 2018. It's not that long ago. Yeah. Name one thing that you say, you, a character trait, a, a way of looking at something that you have now, that's your plunder from the pit, that's your gift out of this difficult situation what can you say you know what if i didn't have if i hadn't have gone through that i might not have experienced this or know this now yeah i think that that's beautiful i love that um i think that when i think about it there's so many different things that i've been able to pull from it but i think that just perspective has been huge for me i think sometimes we can live our lives as if um we're gonna live forever or we live our lives and we're just running quickly and I feel like I was running and I was running fast and I was working hard and I've just really learned how to rest in God and learning how to allow him to to work and knowing how to Sabbath and knowing how to slow down. I think for me, I didn't know how to slow down. I was going, I was going to be in Mexico for 24 hours and jump into another thing. Like just my life was just one thing after the other. I think I just had that New York mentality, which is like, I'm a go getter and I want to do this and I want to do a million things. And there's all these things on my schedule and I didn't know how to slow down. And I think that if I didn't have a way to slow down in that season, I probably would have burnt out or would have been I would have been running on empty and, and I would not be able to help anybody um with the pace at which I was going at my life and so it mm. slowed down my life but it gave me the gift of rest and it gave me the gift of understanding the importance of rest and the importance of the Sabbath and the importance of just knowing when to slow down and having silence and solitude and just being still and being alone with God. And so I think it's, it's helped me because in that time where I can be still and I can Sabbath and I can just stop, I've been able to hear from God and learn from God. So it showed me that you don't got to run fast for you to get everything that God has 
for you, that you can be at the pace that God has set for you and still see all the promises come to pass. Because even in that year, all the things that I wanted to accomplish, I was like, well, I had all these plans for 2018 and I wrote out all the things that I wanted to get better at. And it was my second year being in full-time ministry and I was excited to make things better. Um, but I saw that even with the time that I could not work, uh, I felt like I didn't miss a thing. You know, mm -hmm. I didn't miss out on anything that God had for me. And um, I, I just learned how to rest. And so I think that would, that would be my biggest lesson of that is just learning how to stop and learning how to pause. That's huge. I mean, that's a lesson so many of us need to learn. If you're a type A, if you're driven, like you said, you're a New Yorker, you almost equate rest with, I, I used to feel guilty with resting. You know, and even through that first season I went through of being ill, I reread Psalm 23 and I read it differently when it said he makes me lie down in <laughs> green pastures. I mean, sometimes he just makes us lie down, you know, and there's a value that we learn. Even early in this conversation, you said, as you described your week, and this is my Sabbath. So right there, I realized you caught on early to the wisdom that some of us, a few years your senior didn't catch on to quite so quickly. So Manushka, tell us a little bit about what it's like for you to live as a single woman in ministry, thriving, independent. What are the pros and cons? What, what um, insights would you offer any listeners who might be single? Maybe they don't want to be, maybe they're freshly single. I, I just go after that for a minute. I, I think I've learned so much in this season of singleness and, and I'll, I'll get that question where somebody's like, well, how do you, how are you single, but then successful? And I put quotes on, under successful mm -hmm. in ministry because how do we define success? It's a whole nother conversation, but wait a minute. Um, let me, let me pause there. I got to yeah. ask you, are you seeing people ask how you're single and successful as if that's those two things are mutually exclusive. I've, I've gotten that question. Yes. Really? I, there's, there's some people who do feel like, how can I actually thrive in ministry if I don't have somebody alongside of me? And I, I know there's some people who feel that way, who are single. Like I've had conversations with people and it's, it's crazy because I've never, I've never equated the two. Mm. And so when people ask me that question, I'm like, okay, so they think that the only way for you to walk in your purpose is for you to have somebody else walking alongside you. That's and interesting. So, like a few weeks ago, I'd answered this question for a friend because I was like, wow, I've, I've never looked at it that way. I've always looked at it like, I'm going to be obedient to God and I'm going to put one foot in front of the other and I'm going to do what he's telling me to do in this season. I'm not necessarily waiting for someone to come alongside me to help me do that. But maybe it's just the way that ministry or church has been seen to people where they feel like, well, I have to have somebody else with me in order for my ministry or in order for what I do for God to be successful or to be, and I, I got to stop using that word is another word I need to use, but mm. in order for me to actually be productive in ministry. And so I think that being able to separate the two is really important because I do believe that God has purpose when you're with someone, but then he's also given us individual purpose and you'll even have individual purpose in marriage. And I think being single in ministry, it's important to just learn how to wait on God and to be patient, even when you don't feel like being patient. I think that for me, I've been able to be surrounded around some incredible people who are so encouraging and who are so loving and who helped me um, throughout all the different seasons of my life. And so for my singleness, I'm just learning how to be the better version of myself in my singleness and learning how to utilize this time and not waste this time. Like, I don't want to waste my singleness on just hoping mm -hmm. to be married. I want to actually get the most out of this season that I can and really identify 
who do who am I and, and who do I need to be in this season to be with someone else? And so mm. for, for all the singles out there who are waiting to get married, who are in ministry and trying to figure it out, it's it's really just learning how to analyze who you are and what do you actually want in this season and not just what we want, but then like, what do you actually need? Like, who do I actually need to be with and who do I need to be, to be with a person like that? And so, um, you know, I think it's just learning how to be faithful, even if you don't have the thing that you're waiting for and that you want to have, just learning how to be faithful and trusting God to bring you the right person. Um, and, and so, yeah, for me, it's just been taking it one day at a time, just knowing that God is faithful. And I've just kind of, I've completely have been trusting him with what my future looks like and what all of that looks like in my life. And, and just knowing that God can use me single, engaged, dating, married, whatever God can use me in any season. And so just learning how to lean into the season that I'm in right now. That is so powerful. And that's for anyone because that's, I'm so thankful you said that. First of all, I just had to like stop for a second because I've never equated that, you know, as a sing, I've not been a single woman in ministry, but as a woman in ministry, I'm independent. I have my own ministry alongside my husband. Plus we partner in ministry, but I've never thought about this misconception that people may carry that somehow we don't have as much value or it's just not possible. So I'm so thankful that you spoke to that and that you kind of lifted off that misconception. But what you said there at the end is that God wants to use each one of us. And when we put our self-imposed limitations, oh, well, I'm single, maybe he can't use me as much, or I'm divorced, or I'm this, or whatever label we tend to affix on our heart and our mind and our spirit that does not define or qualify or disqualify us from God using us. Exactly. Well, I really want to ask you to pray over our listeners in just a moment, but I know so many people are going to want to connect with you, Manushka. And of course, I know Vu Church, I'll put those, you know, that their handle, everything in the show notes. But is there another way you want people to connect with you if they're trying to find you? Yeah, I think Instagram is probably the best way to find me right here. I think my IG name is Hello Manushka. Um, but that's probably the best way to connect with me. And that's probably the platform that I'm, that I'm on the most for sure. And if people want to have you come and speak, I know you're very busy on staff at Vue. Are you able to travel at times and speak as well? Yes. And so they can connect with me via email um, or different things. Like even, even if people reach out via IG, I send them how they can connect with me. Absolutely. Speak and connect. And, and, you know, that's something I would be honored and I would love to do. Well, you can tell you're a powerhouse for the kingdom of God. And so just keep doing what you're doing. I'm so thankful that God brought you through that dark season, Manushka, and it's for purpose. And you're right. There's going to be so many people who need to hear your testimony. You've even encouraged me today because these last three months of recovering have not been what I wanted. And you do feel like maybe you're missing out, but just to rest and know that God is even in the waiting. He's always in the waiting. That's great. So, so thank you for everything you deposited into us today. We are so honored to have had you. And I just want to ask if you just kind of close our time by praying for our listeners. Yeah, let's pray. God, thank you so much for this time, Father. Thank you so much for what you're doing, Father, that we get an opportunity to connect, Lord, through technology. And we're just praying for anyone who is listening, anyone who is hearing this right in this time, God, that that they hear exactly what they need from you, God, and that you would speak directly to them and those who are looking for purpose, those who are hurting and broken, God, that you would just really begin to heal them, God, that you would speak to them, Lord God, directly to them what they need to hear, that they would get the clarity that they seek, the answer 
answers that they seek from you, Lord God. We pray that this would be a blessing to many, Lord God. We pray that you'd continue to touch and bless your people. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for joining our conversation. I'd love to stay connected, so be sure to visit AngelaDenadio.com for my books, blogs, and free goodies. And find me on Facebook at Angela Donatio VOV and Instagram at Angela Donatio. If you've been inspired to make life matter, leave a review and subscribe at iTunes, cpnshows.com, or anywhere you listen to podcasts so you don't miss an episode. Until next week, let's keep discovering miracles in life's messy moments.